Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Hello, everybody. I'm so excited to see you today. It's October 31st. Do not adjust your phone, tablet, computer settings. I did cut off 95% of my hair, and I did it to honor this great man, Howie Long, Raider great, NFL Hall of Famer, NFL on Fox. This is my Halloween costume. I did it this morning properly on Good Morning Football. I had the tape. I had the shoulder pads. I had the pants. I had everything. Uh, and I'm just going to have to go with this now. I cut my hair. My barber, Joe, he didn't want to do it. He said, I-, I don't think this is a good idea. Are you sure you want to do this one? Joe, just do it. I got to do Howie. I got to do Howie right. And if you're looking at it, like, yeah, it does look pretty good. Thank you. I got a tweet of approval from Chris Long, who I love, Howie's kid. I got a tweet of approval from... Kyle Long, who I love, Howie's kid. I don't think Howie's on social media, at least not active. I look. So I would love to hear from Howie. In place of that, I would like tweets of approval from one, Terry Hatcher, who just had that splendid sort of flirtatious chemistry with Howie for all those years in the Radio Shack commercials. And also uh, Susie Amos Cameron, who is James Cameron's wife. And you might remember her from movies like The Usual Suspects and Titanic. And she played Howie Long's... uh, female lead in 1998's Firestorm, Howie Long's true lead tour de force action film. So Susie Amos Cameron and Terry Hatcher, I would love to hear from you. And Howie, of course, you're the man. Love you. You were my guy in Tecmo Bowl. Loved you growing up. And I just, just feeling this right now. I feel like I'm just about to just sack the crap out of Dan Fouts or just somebody. It feels great. It really feels good to wear this. Guys, we have a lot to talk about in today's Calvary Basement. Uh, all kinds of things. We're going to talk Bill's last night over the Packers. We're going to do a takes on takes between Dan Orlovsky and Colin Coward, and one of them is genuinely concerned about the Buffalo Bills, so you want to hear that. We're going to discuss the scariest movie character of all time. Some publication came out with some list. We will make our own list here in the basement, if you please. But also, uh, I'm so excited. I hope the Ultimate Warrior is not jealous. We have a a new uh, co-host here. I guess it would be part part of the cast now. If you go to the Skycam, I'd like to welcome Mr. Ben Wallace to the program. Check this out. Ben Wallace is going to be joining us. He'll be properly mounted up on the wall, but it's in the finals. He's shooting a free throw, and the reason I put him there is because if you've been following the show, you know I'm really bad at making this shot from over here. And Ben Wallace goes career 41.4%, 41% from the free throw line, and I'm told that if I make two more, I will tie him in 41%. So without further ado, let's just do this thing. And a one, and a two, and a three. No! Now i got to make three or four more. That is off. But guys, let's go right back here, because look, scary vibes on Halloween. Yeah! Let's go. What I love, what I hate, and what is absolutely hilarious. Let's roll. A fun Sunday night football game in the sense, at least the fun first half. Second half got a little weird, but there was a couple different points when you thought, I think Buffalo, not exaggerating here, I'm not trying to get crazy with it, I think that they might win this game by 50 points. I think this could be the rock bottom 56-3 Packers loss. And you know what it was? It was the Josh Allen run to get down to the one-yard line in which he got smacked by Adrian Amos and just got up like an axe murderer and smiled and laughed. That's a crazy guy right there. We will ask Josh tomorrow, what exactly is so funny about getting hit in the chest like that? Maybe it'll be our first question. 
They'll be like, they'll be sitting there in front of his movie posters with his dog in the background. Ah, I just love football. And he really does love football. And then he makes the second highlight and throws it to Dawson. You're like, all right, this is going to be a slaughter. Just a slaughter. And then he did stiff on and you hit him again. Um, second half was weird and they got kind of, I maybe it was complacent, but it was sloppy and there were turnovers and the Packers just decided to run the ball. Can, can we just tell you, how weird was the Packers game plan in the fourth quarter? What were they doing? So strange, in fact, they were just running and running and it was working. Don't get me wrong. They ran for a lot of yards, but they were down 17 points and they're just like, yep, we'll just hand it off to Aaron Jones, hand it off to Dylan. It was so funny that I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Stacey Dales from the NFL Network was talking to Von Miller after the game. And she's like, Von, I saw you talking to Aaron out there on the field. What were you talking about? Two future Hall of Famers chopping it up, talking ball. And Von's like, yeah, I was asking him, why do they keep running? What are you doing? <laughs> why, don't, why don't you start throwing the ball? You're down 17 points. Throw. And Stacey's like, what did he say? And he's like, yeah, I'll keep that between us. Oh, man, I'd like to know Aaron's response. But... It was a, a game from start to finish in which there was you never, ever thought they were going to lose. I saw a great stat this morning. I don't know if it's a stat so much as just a number. I captured it for you, the people, because I'm always thinking about the basement. Uh, best point differential in the NFL. NFL and CBS put it out. The undefeated Eagles. Actually, let's do the top four. Point differential. I mean, you add up all your games. How many points ahead are you or behind? The top four point differential. At coming in at number four, Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys, plus 50. They had their way offensively with the Bears. Uh, number three, Chiefs, just ahead at plus 51. Then you get to the top two. Philadelphia Eagles, plus 78 point differential. Undefeated team, 7-0. And then check this out. You had 50, 51, 78. Buffalo Bills, number one at 105. Plus 105. And I want you to remember this because two of the things that people were talking about in the preseason about the Buffalo Bills, when it was trying, we were trying to find a way, oh man, they got Von Miller now and they got this guy and that guy and they look really good. Drafted James Cook, who just looks great and a little spot duty here. Uh, one of the footholds with which to climb up the Bills are going to lose mountain was they got to play that first place schedule now. Uh, that's, that's a tough schedule. Look at this schedule and you see if you can find me 12 or 13 wins. I don't know. Maybe blah, blah, blah. It's been fine. Been absolutely fine. Opening day, Thursday night football is always a weird thing. They hang the banners, all that. They go to the Rams, crush them. Play Baltimore, no problem. Dramatic last second win. Got to go to Arrowhead. You got to go to Arrowhead. Got it. Got the Chiefs. We got them. Maybe we'll see them in the playoffs. Yeah, and now this one. And Aaron Rodgers is coming into town. He's going to be looking to light the world on fire. No, no problem. No problem at all. That first place schedule thing, not a problem at all. Not a problem. Also, like the secondary is supposed to suck. I think secondary is pretty good. They're starting to creep up now, this little thing about, can they stop the run? I don't know. I think they just were like, the Packers, if you want to keep running all in the fourth quarter and, and try to make this not an embarrassment, fine. We'll just drop back. Our, our safeties and our corners have played great all season. It's fine. Didn't you feel like the Packers were almost just kind of sitting on the ball like they had a lead? And it was like, maybe we just run and we'll kind of keep it close. And it was a respectable loss. And we lost by 10 points. And they didn't cover. Like... That was just bizarre. I, I cannot believe there wasn't more go for it from there. And I would love to hear what Roger's answer was to Von Miller about why you're running. And it was probably like, I'm not calling the bleeping plays right now. It was just a strange, strange win for the Bills. Fine, a strange loss for the Packers. And now here we go. 2022 Buffalo Bills. Next up, the suddenly just deflated and unintimidating New York Jets. Isn't it funny in this NFL league of ours that just week to week... <laughs> 
One minute, it's like, oh man, nobody wants to play them. And now, now I'm actually waiting in line to play them. I cannot wait to play the Jets. I cannot wait if you're someone like Jordan Poyer or Matt Milano, for that matter, to get up against Zach Wilson and intercept two or three of them. It's just funny what happens like that. They just That Zach Wilson looks so bad. And I talked about it last night in Sunday Night Show a lot. And we're going to talk about it shortly. Jets, and then a really interesting game at home against the Vikings. Kirk Cousins at Al. Justin Jefferson comes up to Buffalo to play against Steph and his old team. It's going to be great. It looks, the, the Bills weren't going to lose that game. You know, you say, well, if they played the Packers 10 times, they would win nine of them. I think they would win 10. I don't think it was possible for the Packers to beat that team. I just don't. Their defense isn't what it's cracked up to be at all. Their offense is hurt, and even if it's not hurt, it's not good enough, even with Rodgers. Bill's too good. The first place schedule thing is not a thing. Jets, Vikings, Browns, Lions, Patriots, Jets. The Bills are going to win, I don't know, maybe 14 games. 14 and 3 sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Buffalo Bills take care of business. As always, let's get, though, to what I hate, because it's not fun. This is not what I, what's hilarious yet. That'll be the next chapter. However, I'm, I'm looking down here, and we as a staff here in Kyle Brandt's basement have grabbed a Jets fan tweet. Imagine what this is going to be. This tweet is hilarious. Ian, I, can I even say that last name? There's no way that's his real name. Bring up the tweet, if, if you please. That, that, that's not that guy's last name, guys. If that, that's that last guy's last name, he's, he's, he's related to, you know, Ben Dover and all those other guys. Either way, Ian, Ian H, let's call him, says, Zach Wilson is like if Patrick Mahomes played every game blackout drunk, <laughs> right? And Mahomes is just annihilated out there. He's had uh, 16 different vodka cranberries and two mind erasers and an Irish car bomb, if we can even still call those that. Uh, it was rough. I said this last night, and this is when you have that emotional Sunday night show. The Sunday night show is fun, and you guys like it because it just comes right off the games. And, oh, my God, this just happened. What are we going to say about it? Last night I said, well, we've been waiting to find out if Zach Wilson is good or not. He's not good. We found out. Might be in the future, but he's not good now. Maybe it seems like kind of a raw response. So, you know, I sleep on it. I do the show this morning. I do the kids and the wife and everything, and you calm down. And you have a much more measured reason take. My measured reason take is Zach Wilson's not good. He might be, but he's not now. And again, like not even close to good. If you were watching, one of the things that you had your eye on this weekend is this kind of strange 2021 quarterback class. Think about this. Two, two years ago, not this year's guys with Malik and Pickett and those guys who no one wanted. Two years ago, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and number one, Trevor Lawrence, Plus throw in Mac Jones. Trevor Lawrence, I feel like they haven't won a game in three years. I, the Jaguars came out and they're like, oh, Doug Peterson got him a row. And they're the Jaguars, so no one cares. They lost again. They're completely irrelevant and off the radar. It's too bad. Um, Zach Wilson, we just talked about him. We'll talk about him more in a second. Justin Fields looks like he's at least turning the corner a little bit. Game's slowing down for him. He's a big, strong athlete. Looks amazing when he runs. Looks fine. And then Mac is just going to be a soap opera start to finish. The only reason Mac won is because Zach Wilson was so bad. And I just hate it. And I've said this from start to go. Oh, look at this. Ian, am I supposed to say that name like that looks? Or Har- <laughs> Ean, I, I, Harditz? 
I'm, I'm trying to focus on the second syllable. He's the lead fantasy analyst for Pro Football Focus. Ian Harditz, I'm sorry. I, I, I love PFF. I know a lot of your colleagues. I'm getting this giant angry note from my staff. How do you not know Ian Harditz? We would never have put it up if we thought it was a vulgar name. I thought it was somebody making a wacky internet nickname. It's fine. Ian Harditz, or excuse me, Harditz, uh, is the lead fantasy analyst for PFF. The spelling and everything is not subtle in any way. That's the guy's name? All right, Ian, love you. Appreciate your work. Um, anyway, I would assume that if his job is to be the lead fantasy analyst for PFF, he does not have a great analysis right now for Zach Wilson um, because how are they going to win any games like this? I knew it. It was the perfect Jets nightmare is that they have what everybody wants, which is this young, fresh rookie running back who just is like, damn, he's just taking off. Reese Hall goes down, done for the season, out. He's not coming back. Yeah, we'll get James Robinson, and I do like James Robinson, but he's not—he's not Walter Payton, because the quarterback's not good. And you got good wide receivers, and you got a good coach. It doesn't matter. That's the thing that the the quarterback is so damn powerful in the way this league is set up, especially if you draft one that high. I don't care who you have. You could have Jerry Rice and Calvin Johnson and Tom Landry as your head coach. It doesn't matter. The quarterback has to have it. You just can't have these old—you know—I hate to always make him as an example, but. The Trent Dilfer Baltimore Ravens team. It just doesn't work. The rules are different now. You have to have somebody you can pass, I think. Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he's one of the guys that always comes up as, you can just have a guy who's just a guy. I don't know if you can. Now, you might point to Garoppolo. Garoppolo was one throw away. I don't know, maybe. Is Zach Wilson going to be as good as Jimmy Garoppolo? He's not even close. And he doesn't have all the players they have. And I don't know if they have Shannon as a head coach yet. I don't know. It's just, if I'm focusing too much on the Jets... A, it gives me less focus on the Raiders, so you're welcome. And B, maybe it's a little geographical that I'm here, and there was a real, real vibe. And I just I can't really calibrate how much of that vibe fell off with just one home loss to a team that's beaten them 13 times in a row. It was like they were at a 9, and they went to a 4. And, and now they have to play Buffalo. And Josh, after the game, was, you know, we got to play New York, and they're playing really well. No, they're not. <laughs> they weren't this game. They weren't. I mean, they got some good defensive players, but he was trying to be... You know, like Josh does, complimentary and everything. We'll talk about it more tomorrow. We'll talk Jets with Josh for sure. And we had his review of The Shining, 1980's The Shining, which, again, that was born, that was made 16 years before he was born. Isn't that going to be old and dated and slow? This is a guy who thought The Princess Bride was slow. How's he going to get through The Shining? I like The Shining. It's a little bit of a slow burn, intentionally. We'll find out. Josh Allen tomorrow. In the meantime, I hate what's happened with the Jets. But speaking of... uh, axe murderers and horror and stuff like that. Let's get to what's hilarious. All right, I don't know about you, but when I come to uh, movie discussions or movie characters or everything, I get uh, all of my stuff from Euronews. Um, that, those are the, the foremost authority. They're the, the tastemakers. I won't watch a movie or I won't even give an opinion unless Euronews signs off on it. And in, thank God they did on this. The scariest movie villain. Wow. Uh, this is the, what is hilarious because it's all over the map. Uh, Euronews study used the following criteria. Okay, they got a criteria. Euronews. <laughs> they got, um, one, the criteria, a jump scare, which is, you know, like, a a character is like opening the freezer or something like that and then they close it and it's oh there's somebody right there jump scare kill rate self-explanatory and then screen time jump scare kill rate and then screen time a formula with which they have calculated who they believe are the most terrifying movie characters ever 
And what's really terrifying is this list. Let's look at it, and I'll break it down before I take your suggestions. Let's go. They have number one. I'm not going to bury the lead. They have Michael Myers from the Halloween thing. I'm okay with that. Um, classic, been around decade after decade. The, ma- the Mask, which most people know, but if you don't, um, was supposed to be a William Shatner mask originally, and they repurposed it, and it just worked. I- Part of the reason that is, was Mike, makes Michael Myers scary, that is also hugely to his detriment as a killer, is his steadfast refusal to run or even jog. If this thing is based on kill rate, his kill rate would skyrocket if he did not insist on that power stalk all the time. I don't know why. He's like this perfect, uh, monstrous, physical entity, but he won't run. Number two, Werewolf, London and Paris. I've never seen those movies. Number three, The Monsters, called From a Quiet Place. Those uh, John Krasinski movies, which are very good. Death Angel, I guess they're called. I don't know what The Den is, number three. The Blob, uh, I know it's really respected. Never seen it. Jeepers Creepers is a movie that my old Hollywood roommate, Adam Green, who used to love horror movies, really liked it, but I've never seen that. Ghostface from Scream is an interesting one because once you find out it's just like Skeet Ulrich at the end with like one of his bangs hanging down over his face and being all sexy in the 90s, it's not quite as scary. But the first time I saw that movie, the Drew Barrymore scene scared the crap out of me. And he's like, you hang up again and I'll get you like a fish. That really scared me. Cordless phones, that was really the peak of their existence. And then number eight, Chucky. Um, Child's Play Films, saw that when I was really young. Hilarious now to watch as an adult. Hilarious. And this serial killer puts his soul in the body of a a good guy doll, which is like a my buddy. (laughs) Now you watch Chucky and you're like, why don't you just pick up that thing and punt the crap out of it? I could kick that three yards over, but they just made it work. Those movies are very funny now, but when I was a kid, it was terrified. Number eight, they say Bo from House of Wax. As far as I understand, House of Wax is a Paris Hilton movie. I, I don't know what that's doing on my screen right now, but I don't even want it on my show. Get out of here. Because more importantly, we asked you, my friends, you, ladies and gentlemen, who is the scariest movie character you've ever seen? I'll let me get mine first. There's a movie called Pet Cemetery. I think they did, redid it, but I'm talking about the one from 25 years ago or something. Pet Cemetery, Stephen King novel. Uh, Stephen King was coming up with all the ideas back then. Read his autobiography. He was on so much booze and so much coke, he would just write. It was, he was out of his mind. And it's the idea that there is a cemetery on this burial ground, and if you would bring something there, like a pet, the, the, the cat dies in the movie, they bury the cat, and the cat comes back, like possessed, like a demon cat. Kind of like the monkey's paw uh, old story, if you know that. Well, it's a horrible thing. This guy's kid gets hit by a truck and dies. He buries the kid, Gage, in the pet cemetery, and then Gage comes back as like this killer Gage, and he's got a scalpel, and he slashes Herman Munster's Achilles. If you know the movie, it's fine. There's a quick little chapter in the movie where the, the, the man's wife tells a story about Zelda. And I don't mean the one with the, the magical sword and all that. I'm talking about a sister named Zelda who had some sort of disease and like lived up in the attic in her house when she was a kid. It, it is so scary and so skin crawling. And Zelda freaks out. And just if you want to freak out, you know, I wouldn't subject you to the whole movie. Just YouTube Zelda Pet Cemetery. It's... It, her face is all deformed, and she like her bones are all messed up, and it really messed me up. And I was, I was probably in high school maybe at the time, even when I watched that, and still I was freaked out. Zelda from Pet Cemetery is the scariest character in my opinion all time. But let's just try to dunk on this list a little more that includes Paris Hilton movies. Who do you think? We went to social media, and gosh, you guys had suggestions right out of the gates. Uh, Stephen Leroy Jenkins, probably not his real name. Maybe he's an analyst for PFF. 
says, uh, just a gif, and we're looking at Kathy Bates in the film Misery, in which she won an Academy Award for playing Annie Wilkes. Again, based on a Stephen King novel. If you think Annie Wilkes is scary in the movie, I hate to be the, you gotta read the book guy, but I am. Uh, there's a point where she hobbles Jimmy Kahn by hitting his ankles with a sledgehammer and breaking both of his feet. In the book, Annie Wilkes takes a, uh, an axe and cuts off one of his feet, just straight up hacks it off, and then she takes a blowtorch and cauterizes his entire bloody limb. It's Halloween. We can talk about that stuff. She, that's how crazy Annie is in the book. And they're like, we can't put that on the film. That's, that's terrible. But Annie Wilkes is, is a real one. And she won't use profanity, so she has some integrity. But uh, out there. Next. I like the Annie Wilkes suggestion. All right. Now we're cooking with gas. Mike Carl who his, his handle is the hot Carl 619 You guys are on fire today with the handles. He just says this dude, and we're looking at a very old gentleman in the film, in one of the Poltergeist movies. I'm trying to remember. Was it Poltergeist 3 or 2? He goes by Reverend Kane, and this is a real, real thing. Reverend Kane is an ambassador for hell, and he's trying to get the young girl to let him into the house so he can take it over and open up a portal to hell. And if that sounds scary, I used to do some reading about this guy, and the actor who played Reverend Kane, I hope I have this right, and I think I do, because I used to be obsessed with this character, was actually sick, terminally ill, when they made the film, and eventually ended up passing away. But he had all this, these terrible symptoms, and he was thin, and his sunken cheekbones, and it looked like he was this skeleton, and it's because he was, and they just went with it, which I don't know if they do in 2022, it seems insensitive. But when he is comes to the house and Craig T. Nelson comes, he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm going to let you in. He's like, let me in. Very scary. Reverend Kane from the Poltergeist films. Great suggestion. You guys are on fire. Can we keep it up? And what's the next? Uh... Oh, here we go. Here she comes right out of the well. What's this girl's name? Samara? I saw The Ring starring Naomi Watts in the movie theater in Los Angeles when it came out. I'm going to guess it was, I don't know, 04, 03. I saw it with my mom. My mom used to visit me in L.A. from Chicago, and we would always go to a movie, and I'm like, Mom, let's go see The Ring. <laughs> and then two minutes into it, you see the videotape, and they find this guy's face. It's like, <sighs> and my mom's like, I don't like this movie. We sat through it. Samara's very scary. That scene where she crawls out of the TV is all time. Love it. The sequel got away from it a little bit, but I like it. Next. All right, this is good. Nick Malian is going to go for um, Ghostbusters, the original. The Is it... Is it, oh, it's Gozer. Gozer the Gozerian, good evening. As a duly appointed spokesman for the city, county, and state of New York, I'm talking about Ray Stance, Dan Aykroyd. Great. Uh, she, and he goes, this chick is toast. I like her. She's very scary. She does a huge acrobatic flip. You know the girl with the spike haircut? The flat top, I guess? She and I basically have the same haircut today. She has a Howie Long haircut, and that's when Howie Long was running the world. Great suggestion, Nick. What else we got? Um, all right, there we go. That's Zelda. Never get out of bed again! Jack Kananian, Kananian, still haunts me. He's with me. That's Zelda. I'm telling you, would I lie to you? Never mind if you want to hear what I have to say about the Jets. Trust me what I say about Zelda when it comes to a supporting character in this pet cemetery or a golden Nintendo cartridge. I know Zelda stuff. Michael D. Green says Tony Todd and Candyman. Now we're talking. He says, he scared me so much in that movie that I shuddered the first time I saw him in The Rock with Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery. Yeah. He is in The Rock. He plays uh, one of General Hummel's like, men and who gets blasted in the chest by a missile. 
was pretty successive. But Candyman's unbelievably scary. That was the real magic of that movie. If you were at the right edge, you would see it. And I actually would physically refuse. I wouldn't walk into the bathroom and look in the mirror and say it three times. I actually thought Tony Todd was going to kill me with a hook. Uh, anymore? This is a great list. This is, again, once a show, I say I could spend the whole show on this topic. This is that topic. Any of those kids from Children of the Corn that comes from Matthew Charles? Yeah, I believe one of those kids is the kid in uh, Can't Buy Me Love who says, You bleeped on my house! You bleeped on my house, man! He's also in The Burbs. This is great. Last one. Scariest movie character? Or was that it? That was it? Uh-oh! Okay. <laughs> agreeing on... All right. Agreeing on Zelda. And Chris Bolin also goes, I always go Reagan from The Exorcist. Her face at the end is so hard to get out of my head once it's there. People actually name their kid Reagan these days as if the character didn't exist. It could be, Chris, that maybe they name it after the, uh, the, the two-term president. Um, it's possible. But yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go with that. Reagan does some things in that movie that I can't even begin to start approaching describing on this platform because they're that uh, messed up. That's a good list. I think we did much better. What is it called? Euronews? And I got a, a Max Headroom guy who looks like me, so I have credibility. Um, I want you to look up Reverend Kane if you want to scare, if you like that kind of thing. If you want to scare, Reverend Kane and Zelda from Pet Cemetery. That's it. We got to go to what is next? Takes on takes. Let's get it on. Lions, tigers, and tailgates. Oh my. College football season is always the greatest time of the year. You put on a jersey, get your face painted, break out the foam finger, but it's all about the food. And nothing gets you more fired up for game day than Eckrich smoked sausage. They're naturally hardwood smoked and have the perfect blend of spices. From buffalo sausage dip to sausage chili mac and cheese, Eckrich smoked sausage is a quick way to bring flavor to all your tailgate meals. Visit Eckrich.com for easy, one-of-a-kind sausage recipes. Eckrich, you do you. Do you have ambitious hiring goals for the last quarter of 2022? With a powerful hiring partner, big goals are no big deal. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to sponsor your job post at Indeed.com basement. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com basement. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello. All right. Takes on takes. You know how this works. We have two combatants and we have 10 numbers. I will bring them into the arena. I will hear their thoughts on the topic and then I will give them a rating. Whoever has the highest rating wins. Let's get after it. First into the arena today, ESPN's Get Up program, Dan Orlovsky. He's got a take. He's got a take on something we talked about earlier in the program. New York Jets quarterback, Zach Wilson. Have at it, Dan. Everyone knows that I like Zach Wilson as well. If I was in Zach Wilson's quarterback room right now, this is what I would say to him. It's time to grow the fudge up, dude. Amen. It's time to grow up, dude. You're not in the Mountain Ooh. West anymore, champ. Yeah. Okay? The, I, Gary Kubiak called me over as a young quarterback one time and said, you got to understand, man, that when you have that ball in your mm. hands, you have everybody else's job in our building. Livelihoods. Yeah. It's not just yours. Yep. It's everybody. There's a difference between carelessness mm. and aggression. There's a difference between confidence and ego. Right now, you play with such ego, such carelessness, such recklessness with the football. And there's moments in that game where you sit there and go, that's what it looks like. 
There's that second round talent. But these decisions are unbelievably reckless. You don't have to do this anymore, Zach. You are a talented enough player, and there's 70 snaps a game. This means you have to grow up. Because right now, you're holding your football team and certainly your offense back. You ain't playing against the Mountain West anymore, dude. This is the NFL. And guess what? At some point, your organization is going to look at you, and I get that you're young, and I get that you're talented. And they're going to say, you ain't the guy. Every interception looks like this. Mm-hmm. Fading away, running back and just throwing the Mm -hmm. ball up. Like that last interception, he throws into a group of four. Right. Tell him, come to the sideline and be like, yo, what did you see? Other than everybody else's other color jerseys. Remember when we talked about this team, we said the focus for their offense was to allow the play caller, Mike LaFleur, to be the star. When you have those ignorant, I'm telling you, those are ignorant, egotistical turnovers. You sit there and go, why are you trying Mm -hmm. to be the superstar? All right, that's an eight. I'm just going to come right out with the score. That was good. There's a lot that I liked about that. First of all, Dan, I like the glasses. I bet you took some crap for those glasses. I like them. I think they fit you well. I, I like a lot about it. I like that he came out and said, grow the fudge up. I don't know if Dan uses that in his personal life or he actually does real profanity, but as someone who has spent years, including on this show every day, coming up with little replacement words for real profanity, I'd love to talk like a normal person, but you're not allowed to. So I I like that he did that. It also gave it some heat because you could tell he was passionate. I like the uh, Mountain West slander. Don't mind it at all. Went back to it actually twice. I I really like that he got up and did the demonstration, and I'll tell you why. Because I bet someone hated that in either their production booth or their stage manager or both. People who do uh, professional TV, they don't like when you do that stuff where you get off because he got out of his light and it was it didn't look perfect. And the people whose job it is to make the shows look good, they're like, no, 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 you're out of your light. You're like, I know, but I'm just, I'm doing live theater here, guys. I'm animated. I want to get up. I mean, I do it constantly and I know they don't really like it. So he wasn't probably supposed to do that. He certainly didn't tell him he was going to do that. He was just feeling it. And you want to get up and show the fadeaway pass? I want to credit the other people at the desk for not interrupting. They're not, you didn't need to. You didn't need to add anything. He was on fire. It was good. It was personal. It was topical. It was passionate. That was really good from Dan. He didn't do the comedy, which is, you know, he didn't, he didn't make you laugh, which would have gotten it to a 9 or, like, even a 10. But it was really good. It was very passionate. Like I said, 8. It, we don't give a lot of 8s on takes on takes. That's 8. That is a really good job by Dan, which means that it's going to be a tough climb for this person who has uh, been in this appearance, been in this show many times. Um, and I, oh, yeah, here we go. The volume. You know who we're going to in the volume. Colin Cowherd. Colin watched Sunday night's uh, football game between the Bills and the Packers and has some concerns about the Buffalo Bills. Go ahead, Colin. And I continue to have real concerns about the Bills' inability to build, throughout the course of a game, a legitimate running game. They are completely, utterly dependent on the greatness of Josh Allen. We have a defensive head coach, Sean McDermott, who's certainly capable. Um, Five years, no running game? Kyle Shanahan could develop that thing during an OTA. They have no run game. They are, this is going to cost them the Super Bowl. Boy, you can see the Cam Big Ben comp, can't you? Take a lot of shots, rely on them early, about seven years in, doesn't quite feel the same by year 10, 11. He's a little worn out, and the age comes quickly, mid-30s. <laughs> I like the heat. 
I like the zag factor. I always respect when someone is just, everyone's going here and someone goes, no, 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 I'm going to go here. The problem is, is that sometimes everyone's going here, not because it's safe or convenient or comfortable. They're going there because it's true. Roethlisberger Cam, that got me thinking. Uh, I think Josh Allen is significantly more talented than Ben Roethlisberger. And I think he is a significantly better passer than Cam Newton. I, I, I would refute both of those. And also, I would also refute this idea that they don't have any running game. I mean, I know Devin Singletary is never going to morph into Marshall Falk. It's just he is what he is. Motor. They like him. He works. He grinds out yards. He does okay. And they're holding on to this James Cook thing a little bit more. And they're breaking it out slowly and slowly. And he's this guy who's like option number eight right now in the offense. And maybe by the time they get to the playoffs, maybe he is option number four. I, I, I like this take because of the heat. And you look at what's popular and you go the other way. It was a little intentional, a little bit. Fact is, I think the Bills, I think the Bills are gonna have home field advantage. I really do. They're gonna play in that stadium that you saw last night. Just this crazy, like frozen wasteland, north of the wall type feeling. The wildlands. I don't think they're gonna lose in that stadium. I, I think it's gonna be too hard. And it's not just the Allen Show. They have fantastic players, then all around the ball on defense and offense. And yes, in the running game, they, it's fine. It's not great. Trust me, I know it's not this, this superstar running back who's going to have their 1,600-yard rusher to pair with Allen. And you start to hear some of the trade reports that maybe they were sniffing about McCaffrey and maybe they were sniffing about Kamara. And it didn't happen and it's not going to happen. This is going to be the team. But uh, listen, uh, Colin Coward has done great things in this segment. He'll continue to do great things in this segment. There wasn't a ton of heat. There wasn't a lot of... I'm just going to go to five. It's fine. It's fine. It, it, it's... I don't think it was necessarily spot on. I like the historical comp attempt that he took. I like that he zagged. He wasn't terribly passionate about this. So it's five. He's done better work. This is Dan Orlovsky, though, on a runaway eight to five. That is takes on takes. And we will go now. We'll go now. Mr. Sam Pepper, real name. Sam Pepper, when we come out of this animation, I want you to tell me what you're dressing up as for Halloween. Let's go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There he is, Sam Pepper. What are you dressing up for Halloween? What do you got? Um, I needed a costume quickly the other day, so I went to Target and got a $12 taco costume, which my daughter finds hysterical. I was actually going to wear it on the show today, but I had to run over to my in-laws and forgot it at home. So it's a yeah, letdown. That's funny. My, Brooke, my wife, got a, a pinata costume. So she just yep. felt like being a pinata. She saw it online. It was festive. It was colorful. And she wanted to drop candy. So maybe you guys can hang out at some point. Who knows?
Pinata is always dangerous because, you know, if people are unruly, they'll just start, you know, swinging at you, you know, expecting some candy to dangerous. come out. I was at a party the other night with her on Saturday Night Sam, and my line was just, yeah. And guess what? Later, I'm going to hit that. What's in the headline, Sam? What do you got? And I did say that many times. And it's my wife. A guy who brags about getting it on with his wife is like the most pathetic low form. I'm going to get some. Been married 12 years. Look at Don Juan over here. All right, what's in the headlines? I got to go to my kid's Halloween parade. We got to wrap this up. What do you got? We got to do this quickly. All right, all right, all right. Let's talk about the first place Seattle Seahawks. Yes, the first place yeah. Seattle Seahawks. After their win over the Giants yesterday, some interesting sound from Tyler Lockett and head coach Pete Carroll. Mm-hmm. Take a listen to this. All right. Uh, well, I think the biggest thing is um, it's amazing what we can accomplish when nobody cares who gets the credit. All the people that doubt, like you, you're losing, you know, you know, like we run the ball too much. You don't understand football, and you know, you don't, you know, you can't stay up with the the, the new game and all that kind of stuff. That's a bunch of crap. I'm telling you. Then look, we're doing fine. We're all right. So I don't mind proving it day in and day out. Yeah, you are. Um, my reaction to that, one, DK Metcalf is so cool. He looks so amazing in that letter jacket. I love DK. Lockett, I think there were some other things he said, too, that seemed to be, I don't know, seemed to be or just is, uh, shade at Russell Wilson. <laughs> a lot of that going around. I've even shoveled much of it myself. But really, I thought the headline was Pete Carroll. That's a bunch of crap. You think I don't know what I'm doing? You don't think I, I can't run the football? I, 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 Pete is having a moment. And Pete is one of these guys that I, I only got five or six guys who are just coaches that I trust, and I think they will get the job done. And by the job, I mean they'll figure out how to have a competitive team. Maybe they're in the playoffs, maybe they're not. But I mean, it's just to throw out some names. I believe in McVeigh, I believe in Shanahan, Belichick, obviously, Andy Reid, sure. And I really believe in Pete Carroll. John Harbaugh is close on that list, too. But it's just a small group of guys who I believe in. And I believe in Pete Carroll. And believe me, I'm going to Germany where I'm going to have to talk about the Seahawks versus the Bucks for, like, hours and hours and hours straight. And who knew that it would be the Pete Carroll, Geno Smith, Seahawks carrying the day and not the crappy Tom Brady Buccaneers. Um, what else should we be aware of, Sam Pepper? All right. Well, tonight is Monday Night Football, Battle of Ohio, 4-3 and three Bengals of the 2-5 and five Browns. No Jamar Chase for Cincy. Many cast, by the way, on ESPN2. Kyle, what are you expecting? Well, the Jamar Chase thing is massive because that's the duo. That Those guys, I, as much as I love T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, and I, I like that whole team. That's just a big, big difference maker. Brown's going to be playing for their season. He can't go to two and six. Crawl back into this thing, and then they have this bizarre, murky future where Deshaun comes back and not too long, and then I guess he's just going to take over right away. So the Browns are interesting in all kinds of different ways. Um, But listen, the Bengals should beat them. I I don't care if they don't have Jamar Chase. They're a better team. They're supposed to be surging. And I like the Bengals. I've said on this show that there's the big three in the AFC, and it's the Bills, it's the Chiefs, and it's the Bengals. We see the best teams win without their their wideout or their running back. This is kind of a gut check game for them. Because from what I hear about Chase... You know, he's not going on his reserve, so that's good. But it's also, it's not going to be like a one-week thing. I don't know if he's going to be back next week. So if they're going to want to really pull this thing out with Chase, like they need to win games like this because there are harder games coming. And if you can't beat a bad Browns team just because Jamar Chase is out, maybe you're not part of the big three. Any word, Sam, who's going to be on the Manning cast tonight? Uh, the guests have not been announced yet, and I have no inside mm. information. So, uh it's going to be right. it's a, it's a hard act to follow with President Obama on the last one but we'll see. We'll see. Is um, it true that Kim Kardashian is going to be on the Manning cast or is she in other news? 
<laughs> she is in other news. She is in other news. And finally, okay. Kim Kardashian mistakenly showed up to Tracy Ellis Ross's birthday dinner in full costume dressed as Mystique from X-Men. Only issue, it was a mistake because it was not a Halloween party. What do you make of Kim's mistake? I think we have a picture. Well, Jesus, the whole reason the story exists is for the picture. Yeah, that's quite a costume. Hot damn. <laughs> um, she was, I might understand that she was, the, that is a great costume. Aside from any, how you may feel about Kim or her or whatever, that is an excellent costume. And I'm sure it probably cost her $20,000 or something to hire the person to do it and to make it up. It, like, it, it, that is really good. So we're talking Becky Romaine, who I'm sure at one point for those movies might have been credited as Romaine Stamos. And then we're talking J-Law. Jennifer Lawrence also played a young Mystique. Kim looks really good. I mean, I, listen, I don't have a ton of opinions about Kim Kardashian. I'm sure it's pure BS that she's the only person she didn't know who, who uh, showed up in a costume. I once went to Jim Rome's Christmas party, my wife and I, when I was working for Jim, and he had this beautiful Christmas party with all these beautiful people, and we showed up, and like they were all wearing cocktail dresses and tuxedos. And we walked in, Brooke and I, and we were wearing like ugly Christmas sweaters, like just like idiots, and we walked the front door open, and we go, oh my God, oh my God, we still have time to leave. We're not that far from home. We can go back and home and change. And then Jim's wife, who's very nice, who said, oh my God, you guys are hilarious. And she brought us in and we were so embarrassed. But I have a feeling Kim was not embarrassed because uh, I'm not sure she's capable of embarrassment, A, and I'm pretty sure she knew it was not costume. She said, what if I just did this and then they'll talk about me on Omaha production shows? It's a great costume though, Pepper. Tell me it's not. I mean, it's a fantastic costume. I, for one, could not pull it off, but it is a fantastic costume. Um, and I Halloween think you're right. is the I day think... that she's here for. Like I, I yep. read once, I read once that um, October 31st and November 1st are the two most popular days for Instagram uploads. That they get the most traffic on those days on Halloween and the day after. And like that's what Kim's here for, right? For sure, for sure. And and like you said, she is not afraid of embarrassment. I think her whole career was originally built on embarrassment. So. And here we are talking about her. Speaking of Instagram, if anybody sees pe uh, pictures of Sam Pepper dressed up as a taco, please at Kyle Brandt's basement, uh, at Kyle Brandt, at everybody. Sam, uh, it's been real. We'll do a segment tomorrow called Taco About It, and we'll have your pictures. I can't wait. Can't wait. Happy Halloween, Kyle. Happy Halloween to you, to the entire Pepper family. Um, and speaking of family... Right now, about four blocks away from here is uh, my kids' school. They do a parade. Calvin is dressed up as Joe Burrow because he threw a fit last night because he didn't want to be a ninja and you don't let the, they don't let you bring the weapons to school. So what fun is being a ninja if you can't bring the weapons? Uh, my daughter is going to be um, Rapunzel, who is her new favorite princess. She went on from Ariel to Rapunzel. I'm still a Jasmine guy, speaking of Kim K. So the parade is going on in like seven minutes, so I have to go. I love you guys. No dart throw today. Kyle Brand's Basement. Josh Allen will be on tomorrow. Uh, everybody, thank you for following. Love you. See you. Bye from the basement. Take it easy.